Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. All right, so tonight I would love to share around the topic of but God. And I was saying to Steve earlier, I kind of giggled when I was preparing this because it's not B-U-T-T God, it's B-U-T God, just to clarify. And, um, you know, as I was preparing this, um, I just was thinking about the different challenges that we can have in life. You know, we can, we can get some curveballs thrown at us. Yeah, life can be awesome. Life can be unreal. But it also can be really challenging sometimes. And we can get curveballs thrown at us that hit us for six. I don't even really know what that means. Cricket, right. Do you know what that means? Like, they can knock us over. I don't even know what that actual, that saying means. But, Yeah. Knock us for six. I know that's the right context. Sometimes the curveballs can knock us and we can get back up again. But sometimes the curveballs can come and they come and they come and they just keep knocking us down and knocking us down. Um, You know, have you ever been at the beach where you've been swimming and you get dumped by a wave and then you scramble to try and get a breath and as soon as you try and get a breath, another wave comes and then you get a breath again and then another wave. Have you ever been in that situation where you just keep getting slammed and slammed? Um, sometimes it's not even a massive hit that knocks us over. Um, it can be the little habits. It can be the little toxic, nagging thoughts that we have about ourselves that we just can't seem to conquer or kick, you know, that wear us down and make us feel defeated. I recently, recently went to Sydney to support one of my family members who was going through a, a really hard time. And... Um, Uh, While I was listening to her share what was going on, I didn't have much that I could bring to her. Um, I didn't feel like I had much to bring to her and she was sharing her fears and her worries and it was justifiably very overwhelming for her. And um, the thing that I found myself constantly saying to her over and over again is, I know that this is hard, but God's got you. I know that you feel like you're alone, but God promises that He'll never leave you. I know that you feel like you can't cope with this, but God promises that when we're weak, we are strong. I know you feel like that your faith is shot, but God promises that when when we are faithless, He is faithful. And it made me think, we're all facing something, yeah? Or we can face something um, in different times of our lives that can be overwhelming, whether it's a giant mountain. Pat, you're a legend. I'm so encouraged. Is it Pat that's saying, yeah? Thank you for encouraging me. I'm like, I'm going to be talking like as if I'm just sitting in a room with you. I'm so, that encourages me. Um, Whether it's a giant mountain that you don't think that you can overcome or a financial debt that you don't think that you can get out of or an addiction that you can't kick, a relationship breakdown that you um, don't think that you can restore or that you're struggling to heal from. Um, Maybe it's a health diagnosis that seems and feels final or even just like I said, a nagging thought that won't go away and keeps telling you you can't do this and you are not enough. All of us face overwhelming circumstances. And for all of us, in all of those situations, I want to encourage you that there is always a but God. B-U-T, God. All throughout the Bible, there are scriptures and stories of people who are at the end of their rope, 
confronting impossible situations, when all um, hope seems lost, but God shows up and does something miraculous. There are so many but God scriptures. Let me share some with you. But David stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness. In 1 Samuel 23, it says, But David stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness and in the hill country of Ziph. Saul hunted him day after day, but God didn't let Saul find him. Then King David said, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. David also said in Psalm 86, Oh God, insolent people rise up against me and a violent gang is trying to kill me. You mean nothing to them, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithful and faithfulness. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over them, over the earth, and the waters receded. Jacob says, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages 10 times, but God did not permit him to harm me. Jonah says, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. There are so many. Because the patriots, patriarchs were jealous of jo- Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this fact. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. There are so many, but God scriptures. And do you know what? There are, also, there are also so many stories that don't necessarily say, but God, but they very much could. You know, you think about um, the, the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, but God healed her when she touched Jesus' cloak. Think about Moses who rescues um, the Israelites out of Egypt and they're being chased by the enemy and they get to the edge of the, ri- the not river, the sea. Um, But God splits the sea or splits, I was about to say spits the sea, splits the sea so that they can escape. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, but God shut the mouths of the lions so that he didn't get eaten. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego got thrown into the fiery pit, but God was there with them and they did not get burned. These stories saturate the Bible to declare and proclaim that when it feels like you have no way out, when you're going through the fire, God shows up. God brings the Calvary. He is the victory. And those of us who are in God have the victory too. You know, when we're facing a challenge, a but God response reminds us that even when life can unravel and people disappoint and we find ourselves in a situation that we can't see the way out of, that God has the final say. I think we might have a screen. And then a but God response strengthens us and releases us from fear into peace, knowing that God is moving and that we have the victory in Him. A but God response helps us to see through the natural and into the supernatural. It helps us shift from our limited perspective to see God's perspective. And a but God response allows us to respond to situations faith-filled rather than fearful. For us who are in Jesus, there is always a but God. You know, when I was pregnant with Emmy, our third child, I had a really big bleed. And the doctor said she shouldn't be here, but God 
saved and rescued her. You know, years ago when we ran out of nappies and we had no money to get any more, anymore, a person rocked up to Ross's work with a truck full of nap- nappies. There is always a but God and said, hey, who needs nappies? Random, hey? Our son Ethan couldn't hear when he was nearly two years old and we'd had all of these um, grommets and all that done. Nothing was working, but God healed him at a prayer meeting when he was prayed for. I couldn't eat another slice of cake, but God made a way. I don't think that was God, actually. (laughs) I question if that was actually God. Um, May I please have that bottle of water, babe? Thank you. I've had many but but God moments in my life and I'm sure that you have had many but, but God moments in your life. And we've probably got more but God moments than we actually are aware of. And we're gonna get to heaven and realise, oh my gosh, God, you did so much more than I could actually see. But I want to have a look in the, in the Bible about a story um, of Elisha and his servant. And um, it's when he wait, they wake up in the morning and they are surrounded by enemy, um, an enemy army ready to attack them. And it's in 2 Kings chapter 6. Have a drink if you need. Um, we'll pick up at verse 13 to 18. And it says... Um, Yes, yeah, so this is the king, king, um, king of Aram is chasing them down, trying to hunt Elisha. So the king says, go out and find where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the reports came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the, of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir. That's a funny thing to say. Oh, sir. Sorry, I just found that funny. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. Um, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside was around Elisha, and uh, he saw the hillside around Elisha, and was fil- that was filled with horses and, ch- and chariots of fire. Hopefully, you guys can read along better than what I am. As the Armenian. Aram- <laughs> As the Aramean army advanced towards him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man that you're looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. And when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, my father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we, do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them on their um, sent them home to their master. And after that, the Aramean uh, raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. You know that song, you know, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. That's what this is based on. Wow. Cool, hey? This story. But I want to share three tips um, from that story, but also from the Word um, of how to grow in being a but God person. Is that cool? 
So number one, position yourself around but God people. So let's go back to the story in verse 15 when it says, um, when the servant of the man of God got up the next, early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. You know, when the servant looked up, and saw the army surrounding the city waiting to attack them, he's justified in his response to be a bit freaked out, to be a bit fearful. And sometimes when we feel pressed on all sides, when we feel like there's a challenge that's facing us that we cannot see the way out of, um, we need to actually, um, and when we can't see God in the midst of it, we need to be surrounding ourselves and have people around us who we can go, hey, what do we do here? So they can go, it's all good. It looks challenging, but God has got, um, has got our backs. You know, um, Elisha was a seasoned follower of God and had seen God do miracles before, many miracles before. This was not his first rodeo. rodeo. And because of his life serving God, um, Elisha knew more than what the, what the servant knew. He could see more than what the servant could see. And so he could confidently say, don't be afraid. Elisha told him, it says in verse 16, for there are many more on our side than there are on theirs. He could confidently say that because he knew our God. You know, when we need to position ourselves around people that are more seasoned than us. We need to position ourselves around people who have experienced and who have got a more mature faith than us so that when we are facing a challenge, we can go, ah, oh, like, what do we do with this? I don't know if I'd say, oh, sir, but I'd say, hey, I don't know what to do. What do we do with this? And so that we can be encouraged by them and strengthened by them. But we also need to be a but God friend. Yeah, who in your life is facing a challenge and that you maybe don't know what to say. When I was talking with um, that my family member who was going through stuff and I felt like I had nothing that I could bring. But actually when we bring but God, it is so significant. It is so helpful. You know, we need to be people that actually are directing people's eyes to God and saying, I know this sucks. I know that this is hard and I know that you can't see the way out of this, but God has got the plan, but God has got the victory. And when you don't feel like you have anything that you can bring, that but God actually releases that person from fear of seeing things in their own human state to be able to actually be faith-filled and actually see things in the way that God has intended it to bring faith and see it through His eyes. But God is a lifeline. The second thing um, that we can do to become a but God person is that we need to pray that God would open our eyes. Pray that God would open your eyes. Verse 17 says, Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. That was God's army that he'd sent around the enemy's army to, um, to protect them. And I love this. Elisha didn't pray that God would send help. He knew that help was already there. He knew that that was the nature of our God, that when we're in a challenge, that He's already 10 steps ahead and He's already got our rescue mission in play. You know, um, sometimes when we're in, in the thick of trouble, all we can see is the trouble, yeah? When we're in the valley, all we can see is how far up it is or how far down we are. Sometimes all we can see is the natural, but we need to pray that God would open our eyes to see into the supernatural, to see Him at work and to see things from His perspective. 
You know, of course, when all we can see is the trouble, without having eyes to see God's protection around us, panic, fear and anxiety start to take over when we're seeing things at our, um, it, from our perspective. And I love, like, we need to pray for our eyes to be open, pray for God to actually open our eyes to see what He's doing. But also we need to pray um, for, the, for God to open the eyes of the people around us. Yeah, Lord, um, Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes so we can see you. We need to pray, Lord, open their eyes so that they can see you. What a powerful prayer. For so long, I've prayed for people that I'm, you know, believing to come to Jesus or, you know, believing for him, you know, them to experience him. And I'm praying for, I've prayed for so long that um, God would soften their hearts. But I wonder if I've actually prayed the wrong thing. I wonder if actually I need to pray that um, God would open their eyes, their spiritual eyes, the eyes of their heart to see God move and to see God at work so they can see God's love for them, His plan and His purpose working through the chaos of the world. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, he says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So the enemy has blinded the people of this world so that they cannot see. So we need to be praying, Lord, open their eyes so that they can see. You know, when we're in the fire, we don't need to pray for God's help. He's already got the help ready. You know, we need to pray that God would open our eyes so that we could see His help and align ourselves with His help. You know, through the eyes of fear and unbelief, the situation looks hopeless. No wonder, you know, for Elisha's servant, no wonder he freaked out. No wonder he was fearful and he panicked. But when we faced, when, um, when faced with the identical situation, Elisha, who, um, who was faith-filled with his eyes open, was able to say, it's all good, God's got it. Elisha's servant examples the fear and the hopelessness that comes without a but God response. You know, when we rely on our human, limited human judgment. But Elisha examples the confidence that comes when we have a but God response with eyes of faith that can see God in the mix, that can see His perspective and that can walk through it with peace and confidence. It's amazing that, you know, we can walk through challenges, but there's this peace that you can walk in amongst it when you've got a but God, when you can say, but God has got this, but God is with me, but God has got the end, that He has got the victory. When you can say that when you're walking through the challenges, my gosh, it's amazing how um, you can walk in peace through it. The third thing that um, we need to do to become a but God person, it makes me giggle every time I say, but God, sorry, um, is stand on the Word of God and use it as a weapon, yeah? To a to adopt a but God response in life, we need to learn God's Word, learn the promises in His Word, begin to stand on His Word and use it as the weapon that He, was, um, that he intended it to be. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thought of the, and the attitudes of the heart. You know, this is your but God. 
The Bible is your but God. This is your weapon. This is what we need to wield. This is what we need to use and stand on. When the challenges come, we need to know this and we need to use this and declare this over our lives because this is our hope. This is our but God. When we declare it over your life, over your situation, over your thinking that might be like a dripping tap that's wearing you down, it is the power of God to actively cut through whatever is going on and speak freedom, speak purpose, speak life into whatever is going on. You know, I love the Apostle Paul writes, for which I am suffering even to the point, he's literally chained, right? Literally in prison. He says, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's Word is not chained. Now I've read that before, but I read that this week and it just hit me so powerfully because Paul was literally chained in prison and sometimes we can feel chained in life. Sometimes we can feel chained by um, the decision of other people, by addiction, by habits, maybe by thinking that we just can't seem to conquer. Um, maybe it's by a, a financial debt that you are stuck in and it just seems to you know, follow you around. But God's Word is not chained. Yeah. So when we declare His Word and when we use it as a weapon, its power breaks open the chains that we are living in and that is around us. So when, you know, I love that. I love that. You've got to get hold of that tonight. You may be feeling chained, but God's Word is not chained. So when you declare it and use it over your situation, it has the power to break it open and break you free. You know, the only, I might actually ask if the band can start to come up. That would be unreal. You know, the only difference between unbelievers and believers is but God. Yeah. We all have challenges. We all have things that we've got to face. We're all living in the same broken world. The only difference between Christians and non-Christians, people who have Jesus and don't have Jesus, is that people who have Jesus can say, but God. Yeah. Yeah. Life still throws curveballs, but when we're in Jesus, when we are, um, when we're um, in His love, when He is our Lord and Savior, we can walk through those challenges in confidence and peace, and we can um, we can walk through it saying confidently and peace-filled because we can say, "But God, you've got it." Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.